Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. Are you ready to dance in the street a little bit? Do you think maybe you're looking at your life and you're not quite sure what's going on? Have you read about what could happen when you take the world of possibility sci-fi, put them together with some of the best soundtracks on the planet, starting out with one of my favorite, Love Child. When you think about all of these ideas that go on in one's mind and you attempt to figure out How do I create some of the most incredibly interesting, uh, nail-biting, edge-of-your-seat storytelling to talk about what? To talk about how we look at the world from the eyes of Dr. Shuey. And this is what I love about this. Dr. Kevin Shuey is joining me here today because he's come back at it. And what I mean about that, bad love medicine, this is something that's going to take you from, let's, talk, let's just call it deep, deep space, deep, deep space. And if you're like me, anything that even says the word space in it, you're like, I'm all in. Dr. Shuey, it's great to have you back. Oh, I'm so glad to be back with you, Pat. Um, it's, um, bad love medicine is my fourth novel in the bad love series and it's a knockout i mean it just there's a little bit of everything in this book for the readers out there and let's just stop for a minute and talk about the soundtrack because and and i say soundtrack um because there is a soundtrack that goes with this and many people you know have heard me talk about the fact that there's a song for everything And I want to ask you, it sounds like that that's in your heart as well, that there's a song for everything, that sometimes through music, and especially some of these songs, boy, you know, you really can capture the essence of what's going on in people's hearts. How do you feel about that? Oh, gosh, you know, I couldn't, you know, um, uh, we're two peas in a pod here (laughs) because um, I, I grew up in St. Louis County, and my dad uh, was a jukebox vendor in the early 60s. And mm-hmm. so we had a Wurlitzer-style jukebox in our basement that played uh, 45 RPM records. And I'm the um, youngest of three children. I have two older sisters who both were, you know, pretty and popular and loved to dance. And so I would be sitting in the uh, corner of the basement watching my sisters dance with all their friends and have these parties, dancing to all the number one, you know, uh, or top 10, 45 RPM records through the 60s and early 70s. 
And I have to tell you that there is a song for everything. I wholeheartedly agree (laughs) with you. And not only that, you know what, Pat, music always makes everything better. It, it has a way of lifting the circumstances, um, you know, so that you can see them better and um, find some enjoyment. And so, um, you know, all four of my books have soundtracks, um, but I'm very fond of the soundtrack in Bad Love Medicine. It has some really uh, fun hidden gems of music from the 60s and 70s. Well, I got to tell you, as I'm reading and I've already I've gotten familiar with the soundtrack and, my, you know, I come from a place my mom owned a let's just call it like a they used to say a soda shop in this was in the Bronx and the jukebox was playing all the time, you know, and, and this took me down memory lane. You know, one of the things that I really was fascinated by in this book in particular, and I'm so appreciative that you've included it is a conversation about uh, Nazi Germany. Now, you may be thinking, really? She's excited about that? Well, the reason I'm excited about that, and especially talking about Hitler and Hitler's darkest secrets in the way you do, is because we've got a little forgetter going on about what that era was like, about what that energy was like. And we see the recurrence of Hitler-type people in blockbuster movies, too. Um, I want to just talk with you about this because it's just so fascinating to me that we can step back in time and step forward in time all in the same, how should I call it, dream state. And when you write a book like this, it's a beautiful journey to take in a dream state. Tell me about the importance of bringing history of old, where we are today, and a future that is so beautifully laid out here. All right. So um, this is a really open-ended question, and I hope I hit the heart of it. But I've, I learned, um, so you know that I'm a cancer specialist. Yes. and. The doctor that I trained under was a guy named Jim Cox. I mean, he was really world famous. He was, at the end of his career, director of radiation at uh, MD Anderson Hospital in Houston, Texas. And Jim taught us when I was in training that we all learn far more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. That all success does is cultivate pride and pride is no great virtue to cultivate anyway. And so there are mistakes. There are grand mistakes in history. And Hitler and his Socialist Party in Germany are right at the top of the list. And, you know, he looked uh, shiny and new when he became chancellor in 1933 in Germany, Um, And he really had the support of the general population. Um, But what is shiny and new turned out to be rusty and bad um, by the time the early 40s were started. And, and, uh, you know, Hitler was using the German army to try to take over the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he had, you know, he, he had world domination in his eyes. And actually, in this book, Bad Love Medicine, 
you're going to learn about how the Germans uh, used drugs for their army. Um, you know, they basically were using crystal, it was called pervitin, and they were using pervitin, which is really just a, you know, a pure form of crystal methamphetamine. And um, that's how they kept marching on France. They didn't stop. And I mean, it was, you know, France wasn't prepared for what happened yeah. when Germany took over. And so, but Hitler himself had a personal doctor who was injecting him on a regular basis. And by the time we were getting to the end of World War II, he was making terrible decisions because his ego was inflated and distorted because of drug, because he was taking drugs. He's a drug yeah, addict. Yeah. And very few people, I think, really know that. I mean, he was a vegetarian. I mean, who knew that? And so, but um, anyway, it's, you learn a lot about history and the history of the Nazi party in this book. In the very first chapter, I talk about the Hitler youth movement. I mean, yes. you know, basically his party um, took the children out of the homes and taught them their ways to the extent that some of the children turned on their own families and their extended families when they stepped out of the Nazi way of doing things. And, you know, so basically it was a country that was being run on fear. And um, we can never allow ourselves in America to be governed by fear. That That's probably one of the best take-home messages I can give you. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, th this is really, for me, as I'm reading the book, I'm, I'm really thinking about the stories of this and, and how parallels are. And first of all, let's talk about the characters before we just, you know, get lost in the, all, of my, all of my questions. But the characters and the personality of the characters are interesting. And you say they're real people, real life people. Um, and I love that we're looking at characterizations of humanity in such a far out, fun, entrancing book. Um, and when I think about this and I think about, you know, some of the things you write and the way you write it, I, I'm really struck by many of the characters. I know that, you know, some of them have come back and some of them are new in the book. Um, but I wanted to ask you this question. How do the characters that come back evolve in this book? And I particularly, you know, I have my own favorites, I must say. Um, I have my own favorites, right? And, you know, of course, Bubble Butt is right there uh, at the top of it. Um, but I, I also have a couple that I just always want to know more about. And, you know, when I think about them and I think about the new characters that were brought in here and brought to, to the conversation, you know, I'm just struck by them, especially the main characters from the planet Azure. Um, it, it, when you start to talk about Blue Nova One, the prime princess to Queen Azure, when you start to see these characters and them, you know, up against a backdrop of what you start the book with, it really takes you to a fascinating place that's almost surreal. And I wanted to ask you this. How have some of these characters evolved in this book? 
And without giving everybody the whole what the book is about, I hate when we do that, right? I want to know how the characters evolved and, you know, how do they become mentors of others? Well, um, I think, you know, looking at at this particular book, Bad Love Medicine, yeah. uh, one of the characters you really see the evolution of, of her is Blue Nova One. Yeah. And so they they meet Blue Nova One in Bad Love Tigers in yep. the uh, forest of southern China. And then um, in the next book, Bad Love Beyond, they find a way to travel to planet Azor to get the cure the, the, the genetic medicine cure for inherited breast cancer. And to do so, they uh, save the Republic of Azor from a volcanic extinction event. And, and so you're getting to know um, Blue Nova One from Bad Love Tigers through Bad Love Beyond and then into Bad Love Medicine. And she really evolves because... The Azorians, um, you know, they try to do, they try to govern and progress in their evolution without war. I mean, they are not uh, a war-mongering culture. Um, they believe in progression and they believe in, you know, moving forward evolutionary uh, in an evolutionary way, but they don't believe in, in war. And and so here's Blue Nova One, and she becomes friends and really just endears herself to the Bad Love Gang, yeah. which, as you know, is, a, is kind of a microcosm of, of all the personalities that you can imagine from the planet <laughs> Earth. And, um, and so she, she's, she really cares about them. And they're not, they're not a particularly emotional people either, but they're, they're getting more in touch with their emotions because of their interactions with the bad love gang. So you have this intellectual culture that's starting to get more and more in touch with their emotions because of the bad love gang. And in bad love medicine, basically, you know, right, without really giving too much of the book away, right. right. The Bad Love Gang themselves are faced with an extinction event, and and Blue Nova One um, is called on to to help, and the way in which she helps shows a fundamental or basic change in in her behavior because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so without giving any more of a, of a you know, a, a, a glimpse at what really happens, I, I think that's, um, yeah, that's I think perfect. just using her as someone who really evolves a lot in personality, um, she pro- it's probably one of the underlying big stories. Yeah, that's the way I felt about it when I read the book. I mean, you know, I'm also struck by a couple of things, Dr. Shuey, about you, and I was last time. You know, this is a book, and as we were talking about it, for those of you out there, Bad Love, there's a Bad Love series. Let's tell folks, first of all, how they can find out about the book, but also how they can find out more about you. That's, that's super you know, important. Um, yeah, I'd love for them to follow me on Instagram. So it's at real Kevin Shuey, and it's spelled K E V I N 
S-C-H-E-W-E. And my, if they want to get to know me, Pat, my Instagram account is just a hoot. Um, I, I've only been on there two years. My publisher made me do it. <laughs> and as far as um, learning about the books, I have a wonderful author's website. It's kevinshuey.com. And um, you can go to the Buy tab, for example, and get the books on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. They're, they're on Kindle, paperback, hardcover. The first three books are on Amazon Audible. And um, Bad Love Medicine is out on Kindle, paperback, hardcover. But it'll be out on Audible within the next month or two as well. And, um, you know, it's... Um, uh, the the book series. I'm I'm hoping to write twelve books, so we're four books into <laughs> it right now. Yeah, and so there's much more to come. I could tell <laughs> you that I've been writing the books. Basically, it's taking me four to five months. I've I've got four books out in twenty two months, Pat. I know. <laughs> I know, but there's a passion and purpose behind them. And I know our time is short, but I, I must ask you this question. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people, Dr. Kevin, and one of the things I've always longed for, you know, and I've thought about was how do we represent and talk about something like cancer? And I just want to mention to people here, beyond being an author, you are an entrepreneur, you have other businesses, and we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, but every year you write uh, a skit uh, uh, for cancer survivors. So what I'm, what I'm talking about here is you're incorporating your real life, you know, things you see every day um, as a radiation oncologist, everything you see every day, and you see people every day and what their experience is like. And that shows up in the books. I don't think that you could write a book like this or the books you've written without your real life everyday experience. And so that to me really touches the hearts of people about topics and subjects that are really difficult to talk about or even look at. And, you know, congratulations for you to do that, to really step forward and do that. Um, this is a, a book for people. Uh, you know, a lot of teens may read it, but it's still a book that all of us could learn from. I want to ask you, out of this particular book, and I can't wait for the rest, what is the vision you want to leave us with? What do you want us to hold when we read this book? That despite whatever circumstances uh, we're living in or living through, that there is hope for the future. And there is hope for a good and better future. And, you know, every one of these books stands alone by itself. You can, you can pick up um, any of the Bad Love books, mm -hmm. Bad Love Strikes, Bad Love Tigers, Bad Love Beyond, and the new one we're talking about, Bad Love Medicine. Medicine. You, can, you literally can start with any of them. And these books project hope. And that's what I do as a cancer doctor, because you can never lose hope. And it's, it's the flame that keeps life going. Mm -hmm. And so um, that would be the message I would, I would want people to have. And, you know, it's true. These books are for, we, we say the uh, books are from ages 10 to 100, 
this book series yeah. is from age 10 to 100. And you just, you know, when you're young, I don't know that you really realize how important history is. The older I've got, Pat, the more I realize how important history yeah, is. Yeah, me too. And you're so, per- you're very perceptive because I have learned so much from my patients. And I actually um, talk about that in the acknowledgement section in the front of my books. So I would encourage the audience to take a look at that um, because it's so true. And, you know, the story itself is very touching. Without giving everything away to folks, you all can read about this online. But the story is very touching. You know, the story really is about it's in search of a cure. And, you know, it's in search of saving someone. And when you really get tapped into that hard energy of that, and, you know, you take us back to history and have us look through the time tunnel of this and how to find solutions in this, it really brings a real live earth crisis situation that we have with cancer, right? Breast cancer and other forms, but it brings it to light in a whole different way as we watch the challenges, the obstacles, and the the struggles and survival, you know, in search for this one cure for this person, this character. And isn't that so much like the journey in life? for people with cancer. Let me take off on that just for a sec. So um, in the book, Bad Love Strikes, at the initiation of this whole series, you know, the Bad Love Gang have discovered the White Hole Project, which is a time travel machine, and they're they're sitting around and they're deciding how they're going to use it. And basically, they decide to go back to the Holocaust and try to rescue somebody. And in their philosophy of, of using it for this purpose, they're, they're convinced that if they just save the life of one Holocaust victim, that it would be totally worth it to go back and do this and take on this mission. And, and then as the series progresses, you find out that one of the people that they rescue faces a future fate of breast cancer. And, and so by the time you're in book four, the, you know, the, the gang is, their mission is to save the life of this one person. And in my background as a cancer specialist, Pat, if you're the patient sitting in that chair across from me, you're one person, and it, it doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of the world. What matters is that you, that one person, you want to be saved from your cancer. You want to be cured, and you want to live as long as you can and as good as you can with this diagnosis. And so it, the series really speaks to the importance of the individual. Mm. And um, so I love how perceptive you, you, you've been in your reading of these, these books so far. 
Yeah, and I think for me, I'll just leave it at this note, if you don't mind, Dr. Kevin. I think for me, when you touch upon something like that, and you can enter a world that brings both, you know, the future and the present and the past into one state of being, into one level of consciousness, as you've done in the book, you know, there is something about this that teaches all of us that there is something beyond the beyond, and that's called hope. And hope with action is just unparalleled in its energy and life force. And I want to thank you for bringing series like this together, which really takes us to a place where we can make relatable perceptions of what you've done, have some fun in doing it, and really cheer on, you know, the heroines. And thank you for bringing that energy to life, Dr. Kevin. Um, How do we find out again? And then what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, as far as finding out, it's uh, go to the website, um, kevinshuey.com. It's K-E-V-I-N-S-C-H-E-W-E and um, dot com. And then um, my Instagram account is at real Kevin Shuey. And that's how to find me and follow mm-hmm. me. And it's uh, you'll have a lot of fun with that. And as as far as the message um you know, I in I have a quote from uh, Winston uh, Churchill, and I have a lot of quotes from Winston Churchill mm-hmm. in this book because the group meet with him, you know, and so the message is never give up and never give up hope um, because uh, hope springs eternal. And, and so um, that's what the message is. The message is hope. And I think mm. that um, these books really... Um, well, we're coming out of this crazy uh, pandemic mm-hmm. time, and it's really gotten uh, people's energies refocused. And I think this is a great way uh, to come out of the pandemic is to read to to read Bath of Medicine, and um, it'll give you hope for the future. Wow! Thank you so much, everybody. Please check it out. I uh, want to make sure Bad Love Medicine. We're excited to have another great book from Dr. Shuey and a fantastic soundtrack. Dr. Shuey, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Pat. Really enjoyed it. All right, everybody, let's take a break. We'll be right back. ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Even though your home base is one Enneagram type, you have characteristics of all the types. 
Tune in to Enneagram Conversations with Renee Siegel the second and fourth Monday of each month at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn how you can unlock your unlimited potential. Visit URPurePotential.com for more about Renee and her work. That's the letter U, the letter R, PurePotential.com. Welcome to The Pause with Ellen Wyoming Deloy. Life can be demanding and most of us get caught up in the busy go, go, go. But there is great value in taking a moment to pause and reflect. Constant momentum does not always equate to forward momentum. And I'm here to teach you how to take a strategic pause so that your next step is purposeful and in the direction of your goals. Develop self-awareness and skills that improve your ability to walk through life with intention. This is the path toward a more balanced, fulfilling state of being. Take a beat and then take action. The pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy, starts right now. Hi, good morning. Um, welcome. I almost said welcome to Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. Um, I'm your host, Ellen Wyoming Deloy. You're listening to The Pause. You'll catch me every second and fourth Tuesday on the Transformation Talk, Net- Talk Radio, Transportation Network. Um, and today we're talking about why does that keep happening? And uh, it's come it's come up a little bit. So here's like here's the scenario to set the stage for what this is about. Have you ever found yourself in um, a job or a relationship or anything where basically you're having to relate to something besides just yourself, but maybe it's even just yourself and the same thing keeps happening again and again and again, time and time again, even if you don't like it Um, or especially if you don't like it. And even if it's a new situation or place or person or job, like the same scenario is repeating itself. Um, This is sometimes why someone will come to me as a coach. And uh, I have actually a a current situation of this with a client and they came and they said, you know, work great, doing fine. Um, But what I'm noticing is especially in my relationship. And then of course it does go into all areas of their life. Um, He was talking about how he's starting to see that he's the common denominator in a sequence of things that's been happening in his life where early on, and I think this is the case for a lot of people, like early on, you might really think it is the other person like, oh my God, they're just uh, so whatever, or this job is so, uh, or the workplace culture is so this. And so obviously it's not right. I shouldn't be here. And sometimes that is the solution, right? Like, okay, this is the thing to end. And like, let's, let's stop it and go somewhere else. But if you get into a point in your life, like my client did, where they show up and they go, I can see that I'm the common denominator now in this certain particular way that I keep having struggles in my relationships. And I really like this person. And here's the thing, guys, I'm not a relationship coach. Okay. And so it was really interesting. But I think that the reason they came to me is because of this holistic perspective I take on life. And that I'm really interested in the energy underneath things. And if you're interested in the energy underneath your patterns and stories, you can apply it to any part of your life, relationship, job, career, relationship with money, um, family, housing, place you live, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can really have a lot of control over what you then create, but you have to get comfortable with getting into the sort of nitty gritty of it, which can be ugly and uncomfortable and squishy, which is why it's good to find someone to work with you with it. And so anyway, he came and he said, 
you know, I'm the way that I react and respond. I used to think it was my partner's problem and we had a really great relationship. This is his previous partner, but this, that, and the other thing happened and we, we split up and sure, fine. And he could find lots of reasons that it was good to end. He was living in Europe at the time. He transferred to a position in the United States and um, they were long distance and it was difficult they wanted to move on. They were in there at the, at that time, you know, early mid thirties and like, that was fine. So they split and went their separate ways, but he's, you know, new relationship, new situation and same little things in the relationship he's noticing. And he goes, ah, you know, and what an insightful human to sit there and go, ah, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm doing something that is continuing to create this thing that I'm experiencing that is unpleasant and I don't enjoy. I wonder what I can do about it. So like already gold star for this client, they realized that they needed help to figure out what the thing was that they needed to unpack. And sometimes you just need someone to help you go on that journey to like pick up the rock and look under it with you. Cause how do you know how to find the rock to look under? Like that's one of the things sometimes, sometimes we're blind to our own sort of like um, current context and situation. And then also like, then can you stomach looking at what's under the rock? I was having a talk once with um, somebody else about just like a meditative practice and the way that I do insight and intuition. And they were like, I really want to have that kind of practice, but I'm too afraid of what I would find. I can't do it. And so they actively avoid getting to know themselves more um, because they're afraid of what they'll, what they'll look at. And here's the thing, like we already all know in our own selves and our heart of hearts, what's there. So saying hello to it can be the most beautiful blessing to letting go of what we don't need to hold on to anymore. And to like hold whatever that tension or pain was for the moment. And I know this can be really various to different people's experiences, and I am not a licensed clinical psychologist. I am not going to advocate doing something just like this if you are experiencing, for example, deep clinical depression or PTSD, because often there's a lot of other elements involved around the workings of the inner workings of the brain um, with like neurotransmitters that could use a little bit of support in conjunction to getting to the root of the energy of the story. I do think that the energy of the story is a strong pathway to healing and a fast pathway, not like fast, like quick and fast and easy, right? But like um, a, a very strong way to do self-reflection and self-healing work, but I don't want to advocate it for somebody who hasn't done enough of, isn't in a place where they can start stepping in. So I want to be really clear about that. This is coaching and this is you knowing that you're in a place that you're ready to be coached and go into. Okay. This is not like skipping the the medication that's supporting you with, um, with a panic attacks and anxiety, right? It's not the same. Um, but it can help. I think it's very complimentary, but do your work first for where you need to be. So I'm just saying that because I'm realizing like, this is not a total just cure all, even though I hundred percent believe in it for so much. So I think the first thing is for why am I experiencing X, Y, or Z over and over and over again is we have to get comfortable looking at the terrain that we're in and identifying us as the agent and the actor that is actively creating the conditions around us, right? We may be in a global pandemic, right? 
We may be in an awkward hybrid work situation. We may be in a lot of things that feel outside of our control, but we do not give ourselves enough credit for the control that we have in our active space and then our ability to control the outcome if we decide to shift something within our own energy and perspective that will have impact on our external conditions. So I'll say that again. We're not aware of how much control we have over the the course of our lives Um, because it can feel like this global pandemic was put on us, and it was in many ways, but how much control we still have to maneuver through it in a way that facilitates highest and best outcomes for our external conditions so that we can move forward in a way that works. And it starts with surveying the terrain around you. So what do I mean about that? Now, if you're in a situation, you're going to know what it is that if you look around and go, why do I keep getting into this? What is this and how is this going to stop showing up for me? So I had an example earlier this morning. I'm actually in the middle of doing um, a tw- I'm on day seven. Um, I'm leading a 21 day uh, reset and reflection challenge for people. So if you're interested in that, um, you can actually still sign up to participate in it. Um, but you have to go to my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com and subscribe to the newsletter. And I can um, hook you up that way. And uh, but, but with the challenge, um, we're going through the seven energy centra- centers, the chakras, and we're using those as the framework for how to do our reset and reflection. And I'm talking about the key characteristics of each chakra from our first through our seventh. And I'm focusing on each, ch- each chakra for um, uh, three days until uh, so that there's like reflective practice in there. There's education about what that energy center is about. And you don't have to necessarily believe in chakras and energy centers, but the frameworks that each of them represent for how they impact the archetype of our lives is really helpful. And so one of the patterns I actually called up for myself while I was going through it for um, one of the, one of the videos was I continue to find myself with particular people getting very anxious about how I've communicated. And it's really funny because my entire life is about key communication. And um, it's about, it's about wanting, it's about, I'm getting distracted because I'm supposed to tell my producer if I want a break. And so that's where my brain is suddenly going. So I'm getting lost in my train of thought. Yes, I'll take a break. So I'm going to cue this up really quickly and then we'll take a break. Um, But what I want to do is um, always communicate really well and clearly, which it's funny that that just happened, isn't it? And um, so much of my work is about creating these big facilitated safe spaces for how we um, navigate saying what needs to be said in a way that it can be heard and we can be present to hear what needs to be spoken, right? So that's my facilitation work. And it's so much my one-to-one work as well. It's creating that safe environment for the person who is receiving space to communicate what they're working through, um, how to survey their own terrain. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to walk you through how to start to look around for the patterns that are underlying some of your challenges and how to start to say hello to them in a way. And I'll use my example around getting caught up in a communication loop to help you get there.
Dr. Pat Show. The Dr. Pat Show. The Dr. Pat Show. This is it. The energy of heart to heart, mind to mind, love to love. These are the questions that people have and rarely state. When we have an internal transformation and we see things differently, what does it mean to step into the full nature of being a spiritual being? How am I to be? This is it. Every day, you have to do something outrageously positive. It is so absolutely relevant because what I've seen in humanity, despite what's in the headlines, I'm so struck by the heroes that have come forward. I'm just absolutely in awe. The idea generators and superheroes. All of you, you are the best listening audience in the world, and we are bringing it in 2021. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. Welcome back, everybody. I was doing a little dance for the intro or the promo music. Um, if you're just joining in, I'm Ellen. You're listening to The Pause with Ellen Wyoming Deloy, where we take a beat and then we take action. I'm live second and fourth Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And today we're talking about why does this keep happening? And it's about unpacking the pattern in our life that's creating an unfavorable situation from happening over and over and over again. So I was uh, diving in to start talking about how we can survey the terrain of our current life situation to try to find where the source of the, um, you know, the not so desirable thing is happening. Say you're in a job where you're underappreciated and you've been in, you left your last company because you were in a position where you were underappreciated and undervalued despite what you brought to the table. And when you left, you got this new position. It sounded great, looked very shiny, had a pay increase. And lo and behold, the same thing is happening again, right? So it's that kind of thing. When you start to realize that you might be central to something that's going on around you and you're not sure what it is that you're doing that keeps creating the same thing that you're just not into anymore. And I was starting to use this example about my ability. Like there's certain types of people that I'll communicate with that then I then get very anxious about like what I've said or how it's landed or if it was heard right and and how to unpack that. And I just... I just recently was able to unpack that because of a course I'm in the middle of teaching. And um, I thought it would be a good example for today's show. So for me, there's um, it's different kinds of people in my life that I will occasionally interact with where I suddenly am extremely self-conscious about what I just said, how I just said it. And, you know, did they know that I had that context in mind and I already understood this? And are they overanalyzing me the way I'm overanalyzing this right now? And I'm getting myself into a bit of a worried spin cycle of like, honestly, do they like me? Do they approve of me? Am I okay? 
Right. And so that's not like a, like a, a, like a, a job I've landed in that I'm uncomfortable with, but that's like a situation that's a pattern in my life that I butt up against every now and then. So we can use it for the same thing. And so I, over the weekend, I found myself spinning in this a little bit and I was like, okay, this is just an energy that I'm creating. I owned it first. I'm the agent of creating that energy. And because I'm holding on to it, I'm also pulling in energy that supports it, right? It's kind of like when you see a car with a dent and it bothers you, all you see after that is cars with dents or dents on your own car and it just bothers you. But like a week ago, you never even thought about it, right? That's what I mean, like that attention calling quality to all the other bad things around it that could possibly exist. And so I didn't want to go down that path because my job is so much about clear communication, creating good spaces for communication, getting in touch with our own inner communication so we can move past blocks. I was like, if I don't practice what I preach, we're never going to get anywhere. And so I stopped in that moment and I said to myself, okay, I'm spinning in this thing of a pattern that I don't like because it does happen once in a while with a certain kind of energy in a person when I meet them. And I'm feeling unseen and unheard clearly and then anxious about what I said because I don't think I was seen the right right way or something, right? This is very insecure and it's very insecure. And I sat there and I was like, okay, where is this coming from? And I'm starting to punish myself for not being perfect in how I communicated. And I was like, where is this punishment coming from? Why have I learned to punish myself for not being perfect in my communication? Right. And believe me, I've asked this question a number of times in a lot of different arenas of my life. And I'm slowly sort of peeling the onion layers of faulty programming off of my system so I can show up more in honoring myself and in my truth and in my voice. And it's why I'm able to do what I do now. And it's why I'm able to help people now in the way that I do. But I'm also still actively working on it myself. Um, I just think it's important to keep doing that. And I have coaches too who support me to kind of continue to refine and practice how I get into myself. And I love that. I love the reciprocity of it when it happens and I find a good person to work with, just like I hope people appreciate me when I get to work with them. And so what I did was over the weekend, I kind of was like, all right, the terrain of this is actually not about the interaction with me and this person, which would be easy to get locked into, right? Because that's the obvious external condition. It's the trigger that created the situation for that moment. I could put all my blame on me for having been unclear. And here's the thing, that person never did or said anything. Like I was just imagining stuff all of a sudden that was maybe completely not real. And I had to go back and was like, okay, I'm punishing myself and I'm feeling guilty and I'm feeling shame. Hmm. Interesting. And that's the pause. That's starting to find the space so that you can see what you're experiencing so that you can go and understand the layer underneath it, as opposed to getting stuck in the story of what happened at, um, on the phone call that day or whatever it was. Right. And so I was like looking for punishment and shame around how I communicate. And there could be a lot of examples for like where I may have experienced this. But for me, I know that there are stuff that comes kind of deeper rooted into like early life stuff, like expression of self. And then um, I was uh, like, we don't have to get super into it, but like there are certain words that I started to associate with me having an opinion, me exerting my voice, me being in charge of myself that really um, did not jive well with some people in my early life that started to frame a pattern for me, okay? And so when I followed the punishment and the shame 
for expressing myself and kind of having my own exuberant bubbly thought because I had been happy in the moment about the thing I was talking about. I was like, oh, okay. I'm punishing myself because someone punished me a long time ago for expressing myself in a way that was just innocent and cavalier and candid and actually not harmful to anyone, but it harmed the other person because they didn't give themselves permission to do what I was doing. And so they weren't mad at what I said. They were mad at my ability to express myself freely in my early life. And that's where the punishment came from. And at that point I was very, you know, we're, we're, we're very influenceable when we're young, we're programmable when we're young. And those are the patterns that we adopt for our long-term lives. But when I could go back and say hello to the origin story of the moment, I could go and look at the energy underneath it. And I could sort of see, and what I'm imagining now is like one of those big medieval castle gates, when the locks turn and all of those iron workings kind of come in together and clink, I can see the moment where the clink happened. And like, I've been working to break open those chains for a long time in my own patterning. And, and you'll do this over and over again if you get into this practice of like following where the feeling is coming from rather than getting locked in the story. And that's how you survey your terrain. That's how you actually start to pick up what's underneath the rock. It's not about the rock. It's about what's underneath the rock, right? And so for me, it was going back to that moment and reconnecting with that young person in myself. This requires the ability to do some visualization and accepting that you can heal yourself and how the power of words and affirmations really do help. And for me to get over feeling sticky and messy over the weekend, over this conversation that was probably non like inconclusive for the other person, it was just all in my head and I was stuck in it, it was just going, you're okay. You're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to be exuberant in how you talk about things. You're allowed to be yourself. It's okay to be enthusiastic about what you're passionate about, right? And I'm not responsible for how the other person handles that. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm not even, I wasn't even in judgment for anything, right? And it's like that, that release of knowing I have permission to be myself is so helpful. And it helped me get to the origin of the story rather than getting stuck in the thing that happened that allowed me to finally shift my energy to something else and go, you know, maybe I helped de-layer a little bit further right then so that I don't end up spinning in that kind of situation again. And so that was a very acute scenario for like a one-to-one reaction and then really was about a, a, a pattern within myself that I was recognizing. And for you, it might be different. It might be a work situation and you might realize maybe that there is judgment involved and you're starting to judge the situation outside of you and the people around you and everyone else is the bad guy and you're the person. But then I would look at in that scenario, where is the rock where the judgment is hiding under more deeply? And I would start to pull that up and I would go follow it, right? Because Our external conditions, some of you may have heard this before, are really a reflection of our inner lives and what we've created in our manifestations, right? So this 
my belief really is, is that I'm just living out the current moment of whatever I have intentionally chosen in my million and one intentional choices and my billion and one unintentional choices in the present moment. I'm just living out all of my decisions. And sometimes my decisions are my reactions to things that happen to me, right? The pandemic totally happened to me, but I chose to respond in these ways so that things could keep working as opposed to these ways to where I might've been stuck still in energy from 2019 that wasn't helping me anymore, right? And um, I just am so fervent in that belief about how we create what's in front of us. And so if you're willing to at least play with that and then go look at the rock, and go, I'm judging everyone really hard and they're all stupid and my workplace is dumb and this culture sucks. Being willing to step into finding some of those origin stories for where those judgment patterns were created can be super helpful, also super hard. And I'm not saying to blame yourself or judge yourself, but to get the space and go, where was I programmed to learn to judge in the way that I do? And if I flip the mirror, how do I judge myself? And then to avoid judging myself and feeling punished for how I was judged and taught to judge, I in turn now judge others, right? And that can be the beginning of uncovering the origin of the pattern for why am I here right now? And why is it like this? And what you really want to do before you quit your job, blow up your marriage, break up with your partner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What you really, really want to do is you want to do this self-work first, because if you don't unplug from it at its energetic source, it will find a way to show up for you again at some point down the road. It'll be a story you keep having to live until you clear the unresolved energy of it, right? Because all of those energies are pulling us out of our true self, our honoring of ourself. And we need, and we need, I want, I want us to be honoring ourselves and being in our truth. And that can take a while because there's a lot of layers of stuff that gets on top of it. And it shows up through the discomfort of what we experience in our day to day. And every opportunity is an opportunity to say, hello, what's not working, pick up the rock, look underneath it and say, hello. All right, so we're coming in at the end of our show today. We've got just a minute left. If you're interested in this, you want to jump in on the 21-day reset challenge, which is a 21-day thing of reflective process and um, insight through the chakras. Go to my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. Click the book now button and what it'll do, it'll take you to a menu of options and you can sign up. It's $40 but you can sign up for the course and I'll start sending you the videos. There are 21 videos. There's one for each day and you just get to dive in and do the work. So I really encourage you to do that and sign up for my newsletter too. While you're there, you can scroll to the bottom of the website and you'll sign up for the newsletter. Okay. Thanks so much everybody for tuning into the pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy. I'll be back again on the second Tuesday in August, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for being here on The Pause. Whenever you are listening and wherever you're listening from, we hope this time gives you some space from your day to reflect and gain some insight into where you're going and how you can make your next steps count. 
If you're really looking to jump into your personal growth journey, schedule a free consultation with me and learn how my coaching can help you to start taking meaningful action in your life today. Visit my site, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. See you next time.